Podcast Network Asia. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Tawalets with me, Aaron Cristobal. And I'm so excited for today's episode. But before we start, I'd like to remind everyone to check out the description of this episode on whatever podcast platform you are listening on to check out the affiliate links to keep this podcast alive. Also, please follow us on our socials. I only have one. That's Instagram at Tawalets, T-A-W-A-L-E-T-S. Check out my website as well, erinkingking.com. Check out all the stuff that I have there for you guys, merch and subscriptions, things like that. Today's episode is really exciting because, as you know, if you have been following my podcast, I have been talking about Findom, my recent discovery, and I've had two pay pigs on this podcast as well, just to hear. I mean, honestly, it's such a curious industry that I have become a part of just out of curiosity. And um, I wanted to talk to someone who has been doing this for much longer so that I kind of understand everything about it. There's still some things that I don't know. And for someone who has been working in it for more than a couple of years, I think she'll be able to answer the question. Also, it's so funny because I have met this guest in the past when we were doing improv together at the Magnet in New York. I performed with a group called Gem for Musical Megawatt. And I believe Lane was also a part of a team at that time. And so I'd see her around. And then one day I opened TikTok to check out what this Findom thing is. And her face is the one that pops up. And I'm just like, whoa, I have to find her. I remember her. So I messaged her on Instagram and I asked her all these questions. And now I'm so happy that she's here on the podcast. Everyone, let's welcome Lane Queteris. Hi, Lane. Thank you. Hi, hi. Oh, I'm so glad that all of our worlds got to collide. Exactly. (laughs) And you've been so busy with your comedy show. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, I have my show Sex Job, which is a comedy show about financial domination. And I spent over a year writing it. And I've just recently performed it and premiered it in New York. I got to actually perform a section of it at the grand opening gala for Wicked Eden, which is a dungeon in Columbus, Ohio, that's run by Alexandra Snow, who is like just a true icon. Like it's just like one of those doms that like has shaped the industry. There's like an incredible um, documentary on Amazon Prime about her even called A Wicked Eden. And now I'm bringing it to uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, in Scotland. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm having comedy and sex work, financial domination meet, and it has been such a cool blend. And you know what? I noticed like some pay pigs who have approached me about Mm. my improv because I made a song about Findom. I improvised a song and it's just ridiculous. (laughs) They found me and they were just like, you know, I like your style because it's funny. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're injecting all this improv in it too. Has improv helped you with this? Yes, a ton. I mean, there's even like I even say in my show and like on uh, social media that basically doing financial domination is just uh, doing improv, but uh, with horny men, (laughs) which is what doing improv is Um, (laughs) (laughs) on a regular basis. Yes. Essentially, you're just saying yes. And to the sub, it literally is improv, but sexier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
With a lot more power dynamics at play. Correct, right? And the thing is, I watched a few of your podcast interviews. You said you've been doing this for more than 10 years. Your reviews Mm -hmm. for your show have been like thumbs up. Everyone finds it so (laughs) funny. And um, you also said that you kind of had to hide this for a while. So I want to ask you how you got into it. Yeah, I've actually been doing it for 15 years and I've hit it for like well over a decade. So I got into it because I... um, I was trying to make money while I was, you know, auditioning and taking classes, doing acting, doing comedy, doing all of the above. And so I would scour the Craigslist gig section Mm. and I discovered these foot parties and I had had a friend that had done them. And she's like, yeah, it's like pretty chill. I was so nervous about it. It's so interesting, even though I was doing other gigs that were like way more objectifying, (laughs) like honestly, waiting tables, way more objectifying than doing a foot fetish party where you get to sit, you get to get your feet massaged and kissed. Generally, the men were submissive and really sweet and were always asking and like making sure there was consent involved. And I was just like, this is the best I've been treated by a man. (laughs) This is amazing. And they're uh, paying me. (laughs) Exactly. And it's lucrative. Wow. (laughs) I found my call. So I did that. And then more and more, um, I started to do then private sessions and more and more men asked me to be dominant. And then very quickly, I discovered financial domination. And I was like, that one, yes, (laughs) that one pleases me the most. So that's what I specialize in. That's amazing. And the thing is, you've been doing it for 15 years. So did you start on Twitter or how... Did people find you? Was it word of mouth from these foot parties? So I think initially it was, you know, I had like a a little client base that I built up in the parties and in these private sessions. I advertised back then on sites like Backpage, which doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. And then, yeah, I had a client be like, you should get on Twitter. And I was like, well, I don't really show my face when I do this, like online. Like most of what I did back then was in person. Now, almost everything I do is online. And I still actually don't show my face with my Dom persona. I keep my comedy and my Dom persona separate. So keep that in mind, subbies. I'm not (laughs) going to be sharing that. That's a boundary. Respect boundaries of your Doms and sex workers. And anyway, so I discovered Twitter and very quickly, like I was like, all right, I'll try tweeting about this. And actually, one of the other ways I discovered Findom before I even discovered Twitter was I had a client say, hey, what if we go to the ATM and I enter in my card and pin and step to the side and you take over? And I was like, okay, (laughs) I like this. And so we went and we did it. And my very first, what I didn't even know was called a cash meet. This was that. And I took out a $480 because I was like, let's keep it just under 500 in case like that's his limit. I want to make sure this works. And it did. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is so hot on so many levels. Like immediately I could see the appeal even for the sub. It was like, this is like a power play at like the most visceral, like even it goes past role play. It's very real. There's like real consequences and benefits and how vulnerable it is to have his bank account just totally open to me and standing there sort of helplessly while I'm there in front of it. So I immediately just fell in love with Findom. (laughs) Didn't even know it was called Findom yet, but very quickly learned about it. And yeah, and then the rest is 
history, baby. That's amazing. I I have never done a cash meet only because of the fear. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. Meeting, meeting in person is totally yeah, and a lot of a lot of subs. I cannot not tell you how many subs like want to set it up or like we're gonna set it up. You know, send the deposit and chicken out. It's very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I get it. You know, there is an extra element of safety having a screen to protect you. Absolutely, so I totally get it. And there's so much you can do online. Like the majority of what I do is online, and both parties can get so much play and benefit from that while in the safety of their own home that I think it's great. That's actually something that I love about online sex work because nobody is really in danger unless you're scamming, you know what I mean, with bank accounts and stuff like that. But that's something that the pandemic really brought forth, right? Like so many sex workers are now working online. They don't have to leave their houses and... It's been so interesting for me. So the way I discovered it was from TikTok. Some girl was talking about it Ah. and I was just like, what? Use these hashtags. What do you mean? So I made a video on TikTok just asking about it. I'm just like, so I heard about this Findom thing, blah, 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 blah. Use the hashtags. And then suddenly there were people approaching. I'm like, wait. It's real. It's real. Like, hello, <laughs> popping out of the word book. Hello, I'm a piggy. I'm a wallet. <laughs> exactly. And hello, hello, like, I'm a little subby. Yeah. Take my money. Please. Did someone ask for a beta with a wallet? Yes. <laughs> I am both of those things. Exactly. So it's just so fascinating to me. And everyone has a different style too. Because I've yes. been looking at doms on Twitter and on TikTok. And um, just today, I learned that there are websites and apps for it, like um, FetLife and Kinker mm. and things like that, that I only heard about today. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your style what's your style like yes um I mean I will say I have like my own general style and also because of my improv background like I am a chameleon and I do enjoy kind of I would say especially I enjoy kind of finding out like what gets inside their head like what really makes them tick and using that to my advantage to really make them nice and weak and submissive and well-trained for me. Um, But I definitely enjoy a playfulness. Um, uh, I enjoy, you know, leaning into my bratty side, my princessy side. I also enjoy, you know, a more like sensual side or sort of mesmerizing, uh, you know, them into total submission so that they can like barely think straight and they feel just like totally mind fucked for me. Wow. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah. But but also I think another thing about me that uh, a lot of the subs have really expressed um, a great like appreciation about is that I also just love getting to talk about it, talk about you know, what about it makes them tick is not just for like, ooh, how can I get inside that head of yours, but also like for them to feel comfortable talking to someone about it and to normalize it for them and for everyone else. And that's what my show does too, is it's, it's, you know, it's like, oh, look at these wild stories. And, you know, that's what brings people in. But what they quickly discover is like, yeah, this, what is really so odd about this? Uh, I have a joke in my show that's like, you know, uh, why is foot fetish considered that weird? There's been a whole movement normalizing eating ass and feet don't make poop. So <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> why Why is one thing okay and another thing's not? It's like whatever society deems acceptable. And so 
just getting for them to just get to even talk to one person about it, even if it's just me, is so incredibly healing and cathartic. And I also really enjoy that aspect of it as well. That's not to say that I am their therapist while it's therapeutic. <laughs> like yes, I, yes. I'm not, I'm also like work with a therapist. I do. I think honestly, everyone can, if you should, if you can afford it. Um, and it's also not my job to do the emotional labor for them. And a lot of them try to kind of put that on me. So I get very strict and like clear with my boundaries, but yeah, I, I mean, there is a level of connection and play that's happening with all of this. So I enjoy getting to explore that with people that are open to it. That's really interesting too, because I did encounter a sub that was like that. Like he got very emotional and attached. Mm. And I was just like, yo, what are you doing? What do you do? What you doing? He's like, (laughs) why do you have to be so mean? You wanted this. Yes, that's literally literally what you came to me specifically requesting. That is exactly Exactly. what this dynamic was set up as. Yeah, it's, you know, it's me to do this. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you requested. Shall we go back to the first chat or your very first message approaching me? Because I'm pretty sure you're like, I want you to be mean to me. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting how... uh, people will get very manipulative. I, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of subs, I think they just, they are so wrapped up in their own fantasy. They forget about our own experience and, you know, that we are humans too, and not just this like two dimensional character that is their fantasy. Um, and they also, a lot of them, um, what was this? There was something about the fantasy that I wanted to say. Um, just basically, oh, that the, a lot of the time the fantasy is for us to like be mean or that we're cruel or greedy or ca- don't care about them at all. And that's the fantasy. And while we lean into those sides of ourselves, that doesn't mean that's that defines us and that we are that two-dimensional character that they have in their head. But a lot of them have trouble being able to see more of us than that. I remember someone approached me and I was like, okay, I pay the tribute, blah, blah, blah. And mm. then when we started talking, like I was being mean. And then he goes, why can't I talk to you normally? And then I go, wait, if this is how you found me, this is how right. you're going to get me. <laughs> yeah. There's this weird thing also like that. And I don't even think they consciously do it. But a lot of clients will. It's them trying to push through a boundary because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this is the parameters. This is our relationship that we've set up. And him saying that rather than just like asking you a question of like, hey, will you talk about this with me? Like to be like, why can't you talk to me normally is truly him trying to manipulate you to be what he wants you to be or to let down certain boundaries that maybe are boundaries for you. You know, like a lot of them, almost so many sex workers in all forms of sex work. Is there a market for male fandoms? This is something that I never... There is. There is. Yeah. Usually I think they use cash masters. Mm. And I'm guessing they use the word fandom. I, I forget if they do or not, but I know the word cash master. And usually that's more in kind of like the gay queer community. But, you know, I'm sure there is all types all over. It really varies. That's amazing. Have you ever had like a weird guilt tripping encounter with any of your subs? Like they guilt trip you or. Yeah. I mean, they try to guilt trip all the time. That's exactly what I'm talking about, about like manipulation. Like here's an example of someone who's like, Hey, he approached me. He saw that I do these like 1k drains of like $1,000. And he's like, I think this is so hot. I want you to do exactly that with me on Skype 
take that exact amount. Like he even asked me to take that exact amount, which a lot of times they want me to kind of pick the amount. And I was like, all right, got it. We do the Skype session. He comes immediately. He says, you know, you are like a drug dealer. I have an addiction. How dare you do this to me? Like, you know, I am just this like helpless little man who can't help myself. And you are doing all these horrible things to me. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's your personal relationship to this. That is not the case for everyone that does this. A lot of them, again, want us to be the villain. So they feel like they don't have agency, even though they always do. I tell him to send a thousand dollars. He could say, no, no, exactly. I am, I am not. He's literally no in another country. <laughs> yeah, he's in another country on his computer. And yeah, a lot of them just like they want us to be the villain so that they don't have to take responsibility for their own emotions and experience. And there is emotional like fraughtness that sometimes can get interwoven with Findom, not always. But there are people that have complicated relationships with both sex and money. And so that a lot of times kink, it's not always, sometimes kink is just for fun and because you like it and because it's playful. But sometimes with kink, you know, people will actually be attracted to certain things or enjoy it because they are actually working through something. Like an example, I used to never understand why people would like humiliation. And then I think it was Esther Perel, the like amazing therapist, Esther Perel, who's like so famous and has all those incredible, like the great podcast, Where Should We Begin? And books, Mating in Captivity and other stuff. Oh, there was a guy that was like a cuck, basically. And he liked being humiliated. And his partner was like, I don't know why you like this. Like, you know, is like there's something wrong. And Esther Perel was like, this is actually really intelligent of you. Is this humiliation is something that has been alive in your system from like early experiences. Um, you know, I don't know if he was like being teased, but he was basically mostly what we've been taught, especially men, but most humans have been taught to like stuff down any hard emotions or feelings. Right. And so that stays in your system. And if you don't let those feelings out, they just continue to build and grow. And that has been like proven through somatic work and so much that um, like psychotherapists have been discovering is about how much expressing emotions helps. And so to get to experience then that feeling of humiliation and moving it through your body, but this time with agency, as well as through pleasure, completely changes your relationship to it and changes the story. So it's actually really, really like highly intelligent to do it. Wow. Highly recommend the book Existential Kink, which is also all about that. Lots of really interesting um, research on this that people are doing and discovering more and more. Hello, hello. I'm Wincy. And I'm CJ. We're 90s kids. And you know the one thing we really miss? Long and intimate talks on the landline. Telebabad sessions where anything goes, where the conversations cover everything, even tough and awkward topics. We've talked about why people cheat, your 20s versus your 30s, our travels abroad, and our thoughts about movies and TV shows. So tune in to Telebabad Tapes wherever you get your podcasts. We're powered by Podcast Network Asia. Tara. Actually, it's only through the pandemic also that I discovered kink. <laughs> like, it's just 
boredom. There's nothing to do at home, you know? Yeah, I am home. I am alone and I am horny. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, funny enough, I, when I was a professional financial dominatrix would be like, I don't really have any kinks. Like I'm vanilla. And it's like, girl, yes, you do. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like I was obviously attracted to this. Like it was my day job to support doing comedy, but one, I continued doing it. And two, I finally like realized like, oh, I was specifically attracted to this because there was something I enjoyed out of it. And that, you know, getting to play out these power things and work on saying no to men, which was something I did not feel comfortable doing when I was younger, has been incredible. And I love men like, you know, treating me like a goddess and getting to be bratty and that being celebrated. Like these are all things that these are sides to myself that I didn't used to get to express. And now I get to in like a safe way that is, you know, ends up being fulfilling for both me and the sub. That's true. And it's the same for me as well, because I believe that I... I'm not very good at being angry. I mean, I'll simmer in it. I'll journal, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But to let it out was never a thing for me until, until all of you, all of you pigs are the same. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good to do that. It does. It does. And I get paid for it. So it's just like, exactly. Win-win. It's a win-win situation for real. The Skype session you spoke about was, uh, the guy was in another country. What Mm. is the most unusual nationality that you, or or are you just like, does everybody come to you? Truly everybody. Yeah. Um, I've had subs, uh, my, like in Turkey and Saudi Arabia, which is crazy. Like, you know, I remember like talking to a sub in Saudi Arabia and he's like, I got a little bit of alcohol. Like it's illegal here. Like, you know, this is special. I'm a little drunk. And I'm just like, oh my God, I didn't even know that. Like like, I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning about culture. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Truly all over, which is also kind of cool with the time zones as well, because it's like anytime they can be messaging you and anytime they probably are. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I have another question because this is something that I didn't really know how to navigate. So Mm. I've had a few pigs. Most of my pigs are like single young men. But there was one who was very particular about, you know, my wife doesn't want me to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. okay, I did not know how to navigate it. He has disappeared since then, which is, I don't care. It's fine. But how do you navigate through those things? Like, I'm sure the ones that approach you a lot are married or have girlfriends. Yeah. I mean, I respect and maintain boundaries. So, you know, they are doing something with me that like their dynamic with, you know, whoever they're dating might not allow for. I wish like we could be more open about doing these things, but I also understand people have a lot of shame and there's still a lot of societal stigma to like pull apart. What you are describing though, most likely is a kink. And it is thrill. Well, yeah, it's the both the sneaking away, but there's also a fetish called home wrecking. (laughs) Yes. And what that is, it is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And they are most likely they have built up resentment in their relationship with whoever they're dating, whoever they're with. And they have not been able to express certain needs and been able to make a connection with the person. And I'm, I'm sure on the other side, too. And so rather than them facing that and dealing with it, 
they are looking for a place to vent. And that's where we come in is like, we are literally a container for them to vent as well as the home wrecking part is the fantasy is like, oh my God, oh goddess, are you going to steal me away from my wife? Oh. Like, are you going to ruin my marriage and take me away? And it's because there's a part of them that is feeling destructive, but they don't want to own up to that themselves. And they come to you to, again, play the villain so that they're like, I was totally helpless. She just took advantage of me, even though I specifically went to her and asked for her to do exactly this. (laughs) (laughs) There's a turn on sometimes with people like with sneak around with doing something that's naughty. You know, there's all sorts of things that person might not have had a homewrecking fetish, but that has become especially during the pandemic has really blown up because people were you know, on top of each other, stressed out, not being able to get away from each other, like resentments really built. And I saw that fetish specifically really skyrocket. Yeah. With the pandemic. And it's been an interesting thing to navigate. Like I will play into the fantasy a little bit with them, but as soon as they like start to think this is real, I'm like, dude, I don't want to take you from your wife. I am happy in a relationship. Like I'm a comedian. I'm an actress. (laughs) I have a boyfriend who I love. And also like you are my client. I don't date my clients. Yeah. It's, it's very funny. You know, I wish they could again, like a lot of them, I will even advise. I'm like, you should work with a couples therapist. Like, I think you should work out these things with your wife. The other thing that's funny is that a lot of them will be like, my wife is so controlling. And so then they come to me and ask me to control them, <laughs> but in another way. So they're just I like, I want to be controlled that way. Cycle. Yeah. I want to be controlled this, this other way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you mentioned your boyfriends. Yes. So I'm also seeing someone and he finds this so funny. Like he's so supportive and he's just like, ask him if he can pay for our dinner. I'm like, all right. I want to know how your boyfriend takes it because I'm from a very Catholic country. The Philippines Mm. is very conservative. So I would imagine that if it wasn't this guy, if I dated someone else, they'd probably be against it. What are your thoughts on that? It really varies. I think there's a lot of feelings in regards to it. He is like in general, like super supportive and like thinks it's badass that I do this and finds it, yeah, so entertaining and empowering. But you know, there's also some stuff that sometimes will like make him feel uncomfortable. And if anything, it's given us an opportunity to be able to be like, oh, why is this making, you know, either of us uncomfortable? Like, let's unpack that. And it's truly been an opportunity for us to be able to kind of deepen our relationship. But yeah, you know, I mean, it can get complicated. Like, for instance, like people who have a cuck fantasy, great if they want to pay for dinner. Awesome. And then, you know, they will sometimes cross that boundary too hard too, like expecting him to get on camera for them or for him to start doing things. And it's like, hey, he is not the one who is the pro dom here. I am like they can still serve us and do that. But like there can be a lack of respecting boundaries sometimes that clients have and that then they're kind of topping from the bottom. And so, you know, I do have to kind of like maintain that with clients sometimes and kind of tell them how it is. <laughs> like, yeah, tell yeah. them to, to back up. Because, yeah, I mean, he also is just, um, you know, has other stuff going on. And like, that's <laughs> <laughs> this is like, it's not his job. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to talk about your show a little bit because I do want more people to watch it, even if I can't watch it. Just because, like I said, I only got into this really in April. So there must be so much information and in your jokes about the truth that you had to go through. Is there something that you can share that won't really spoil the show? Yeah, totally. There's a ton I can share about the show. First of all, this will probably be airing like too late, but Right now, I'm not sure also in Thailand if it will work for you, but I just performed at Caveat and there's actually a streaming on demand option for that show and it will be available until Thursday, July. I think that might be the 27th um, or 28th. And so people who were not able to be there in person, it was like a three camera setup. It was like gorgeously shot. That is an option that will be available for just like the remainder of the week. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to tour the show a ton um, after Edinburgh. Like Scotland is just like one stop of the way. The show is about my whole journey through sex work, through, you know, financial domination. And it's interactive. It's educational in a very fun way. There's a crash course in kinks. There is a um, a game show I play called Did I Do That For Money? That I think we're going to hopefully play as <laughs> Let's well, do right? That. Yeah. Yep. And what else? There's an obstacle course that's the follow the rules as a sex worker obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, the rules always change and you don't know until you break them. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> and I also teach someone in the audience how to do Findom. And let's just say real money might get involved. And the end of the show has been described as like a magic trick, but real baby. Oh, I love that. All right. So let's get into it. Let's play your game. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, and also there's like, there's some songs too that are very fun and funny. Perfect, (laughs) perfect. When you were saying that thing about writing a song about Findama, I was like, relatable. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... We are going to play Did I Do That For Money, the game show where I tell you about some wild stuff and you tell me if you think that I did that for money or not. Got it? Okay. Got it. Okay, great. What do I answer? Yes or no? (laughs) Well, and just just so you know, if you get it wrong, you will offend me. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. You'll be fine. Yeah. So you'll answer yes or no if you think I did that for money or not. Okay. All right. Perfect. Did I stand on someone's face. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He wanted his face to be the floor. Oh my God. <laughs> like you put your whole weight. Yeah. I mean, I'll hold on to something because it's also very hard to stand on a round, sweaty face. It's like um standing on a wet, sweaty balance beam that won't stop talking. But yes, I'll usually hold on to something and I'll kind of gently see, like, sort of allow him to take more and more of my weight. But I have put my full weight on some people's face before that they've asked for it. And uh, <laughs> it's exciting and uh, kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, luckily, I have a gymnastics background. Thank God. <laughs> so I'm like, I got this. Perfect. Um, Okay, did I have a sub uh, on Skype dress up in frilly lingerie and dance to Britney Spears? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Oops, I did it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yes, it's so fun. A lot of them like love dressing up. And so we can have a lot of fun on Skype that way. They'll go shopping and we'll have a field day. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Did I have a sub put Icy Hot on his balls? No. 
Yes. The answer is yes. Icy hot. (laughs) Yes, it was icy and also very hot. (laughs) Wow. And he paid for that. (laughs) He paid for that. Yes. I've also had them do Tabasco sauce on there. Honey. I love it. Yeah, you have to get really creative for like cock and ball torture on Skype, but it's perfect because like I don't ever like touch Touch them or do anything like that and they can deal with all of that themselves. (laughs) And I get to just have a good fun laugh and everyone's happy. Um, Okay. Did I have a sub put an army figure up his butt? (gasps) Oh, yes. The answer is actually no, that is a health hazard. Okay, okay. Because make sure anything that goes up there has a flared base. (laughs) You don't want to end up in the ER. (laughs) Right. Oh, you're so caring. Yes, I make sure they're going to be okay. Sometimes guys will be like, should I do this? And I'm like, no, you should not. (laughs) (laughs) Did I have a sub make me my very own credit card with my name on it and everything? No way. The answer is yes. That's amazing. However, Mm. the day actually we activated it, I went out for a walk and it fell out in the park and I lost it. I could not find it. I had to immediately call him and be like, you got to cancel that card. And he has yet to make another one. Wow. Amazing though. He'll make another one soon. We've both been busy, (laughs) but oh God, that was, it was the biggest victory and the biggest fail. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. Last one. Did I have a sub give himself a wedgie with a phone charger? then wear it around his neck like a collar and then bark and then say, I'm a good little doggy and goddess is my mommy and my iPhone is my daddy for money. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm sorry. The answer is no, I did not do that for money. Uh, I did it for me. (laughs) Congratulations. You win. Did I do that for money? I love it. Oh my God. The things that they'll make you make them do, right? It's wild. Those are all completely different facts in the show. And yeah, I just have so many like funny, wild stories in the show that I get to tell, which is just a blast and gets to have the audience just having big belly laughs about the silliness that is, you know, our sexuality sometimes. Exactly. Oh my God, Lane, that was amazing. Thank you so (laughs) much for spending your evening with me and talking about this. I would love to have you back again. Like if there are developments in your Findom life, you know, maybe we can update each other through this podcast because there are a lot of people, especially from here, who are just Mm. discovering it. So it's still like a point of interest. You know, I came out on the news. Wow. Oh, no, that's amazing. And I had to be very like, okay, I don't know much. I started in Feb, but I know that there are these men that blah, blah, blah. So I had to explain it in this because I don't know much, right? So I had to explain. But And you know they're going to edit it and you know they're going to cut it down even shorter. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Did I say the right (laughs) thing? Yeah. Am I representing the Findom community okay? (laughs) I'm always very careful about like, you know, I'm new and I'm curious about this. Mm. So blah, blah, blah. Like I word it as properly as I can. I feel you. 
Yeah. <laughs> so thanks yeah. so much, Lane. I'm of so course. happy to have you here. Can you promote whatever? Like, do you want to promote yes. your social media or your show? Go ahead. Yes, please. Okay. So the show is called Sex Job. The website for it is sexjobshow.com. Make sure to get those words right or you're going to end up with something else. <laughs> um, and yeah, my social media, my Twitter, my Instagram, my uh, TikTok is at Lane Quetteris, which I'm sure they can find the correct spelling because it's not an easy one to spell in the description. And the show is, you know, there's at Sex Job Show on Twitter and at Sex Job underscore a comedy show on Instagram. Awesome. Are you still doing Musical Megawatt? I am. I mean, I'll, I won't be while I'm in Edinburgh. I'm just right. about to leave. Right. Uh, I'm leaving next week. But yeah, I've been performing with the team Bad Lover is the team I'm on right now. And yeah, it's been a, a blast getting to do that too. I love it. So thanks so much, Lane. And thank you so much for everyone that's listening. Once again, this is Lane Quetteris. And if you want to see the spelling of her name, check out the description of this episode, as well as if you have any questions for me, please message me on the Instagram, Tawalets. I usually take in suggestions if you want any guests to come on, or if you have any questions that you want me to address on this podcast, I will be there. So thanks so much for listening. And I hope that you enjoy your evening or your day or whatever time you're listening on. Bye! This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more info on the shows and the network, visit Podcast Network Asia's social media or visit www.podcastnetwork.asia. Also by Podmetrics. Track your podcast stats across multiple platforms to have a full view of your audience and clout. Sign up and create your account for free at podmetrics.co using our code TAWALETS. Thank you so, so much for joining me on another episode of Tawalets. Really, guys, I appreciate that you are listening to this. It's insane. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>